thank you so much for joining us at Get Real with Lisa Crown Podcast for our spotlight interview today. I am super honored. This is like not only the cool, one of the coolest guy I've ever met in title myself personally. This is a personal friend of mine. Um, I grew up in this title business with this guy. He is a legend in title. In fact, it's fair enough to say he is the Michael Jordan of title. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the top, I'm not going to say 2% for you, dude. He's in the top 1% of Fidelity National Title Group. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Matt Gagline. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. <laughs> welcome, buddy. Can I tell you, I was nervous to do this little interview. <laughs> oh, little... I'm flattered. <laughs> hey, Lisa, you've grown from a title rep like me to a very big status, and I do have to commend you for that. You've really gone down a path and really been focused, so I, I commend you for that and congratulate thank you on your you. own success. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for being on. Yeah. Happy to have you. Yeah. Um, So let's dive in. So I I know you've been in the business, right? It's fair enough to say since 1987. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And joined Fidelity around 97. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. So in a nutshell, because you are I mean, really, it's it's untouchable where, where you're at. And I've watched you. I've only seen you at the top when I got here. <laughs> I didn't really see you climb, Matt. I don't know. I just saw you at the top because Matt and I worked at the same company. And when I came in to Fidelity 17 years ago and I saw their leaderboard, I was like, oh, damn, who's that guy? Um, and so here you are. How did you get here? How did you get to the top 1%? You know, that's an interesting question, and I have pondered it because you sent me these early. Thank you very much. At least yeah, you think betcha. about them. I'm not totally shocked, right? Um, I would say, again, I'm going to probably say things here that aren't like things you haven't heard from before. It tends to be the truth of this whole thing. But most of all, I would say being consistent in what I do every day, I'm extremely disciplined in my processes once I decide to input it into my systems, and then I just stay with it. Um, because it's a very competitive business, as you know, that we work in and things happen and changes happen over time, not generally quickly. So you have to choose your battles and then you have to stay very consistent to what you do. So I'm, I'm very consistent and disciplined in my processes. Does that mean like in like personal life and in business, like, do you find that you are consistent with all that you are? Yes. And you have a question coming up that kind of crosses the two about your average day. So I could talk a little bit about it now, but I'm very structured in my day. And I would say that I was walking this morning. I walk every day on the beach about four miles. Mm. Uh, This is a funny statement. I was thinking, okay, I've walked for like 25 years, three to four miles. That must be like 25,000 miles I've walked. (laughs) But that's what you do every day, right? You do what you do every day. And if you do it every day, no one notices, but over time it makes a difference in something that's positive. It's true. true, Whether it's personal or business. That's So I was walking this morning and I was thinking about that, but I think it's really important as a title person and professional, what, I don't care what business you're in, you can be successful at your job, but you're going to be more successful if your personal life is in order too. So if you're married, you got a great relationship with your wife or your husband, let's say, or your partner. If you have kids, you're invested in them. All those things, when those spokes are humming as well, then your business is going to be in a better place. I, I mean, you can still do really good in business 
But when that other part's kind of messed up or dragging you down with your thoughts, it definitely affects what you do at work. I love that. Yeah, I, I love think that because in my true. coaching, I have I coach people personally and in business because if yeah. the personal I can see is like you said, kind of sagging or lagging or, or, or yeah. you know, in turmoil. Um, when we fix that piece, we work on that piece, all of a sudden yes. like doors open, opportunity opens. It's 100%. very freeing. Yeah. I know you talk about that in the, one of those questions about my average day. So I'll go into a little detail when you get there. Okay. Very good. What has been your biggest takeaway in the shutdown? You know, when the shutdown happened, it was like, wow, what's going to happen? Everyone was a bit like, holy cow, the market's going to drop. Oh, the predictions, la, da, 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 and all that stuff. And, you know, it had a little bit of a slowdown for, I'm going to say, a month and a half. And then it started to turn. And it basically required everyone, title included, to figure out how to go do it differently. So the different part, obviously, for all of us became Zoom, became meetings online, a lot of those things that we hadn't been used to. Frankly, I didn't have a Zoom account. I didn't own one before COVID hit. I mean, I just didn't have time. I was in the field all the time and I was calling on offices. So once COVID hit, I realized that I signed up for the darn account, figured out how to use it. Probably took me five really cruddy Zoom calls and mess ups and mistakes, you know, with clients and whatever presentations, and then eventually got good at it. Um, and then it just becomes part of what you do. So not, not a surprise that Zoom's a big deal. Um, and I have a very big client base from all these years, right? So it's just important that I touch them. So I try to maintain many, many touches to my client base. And that would be uh, whether it's email, texting, phone calls. I write a lot of handwritten cards. Like this morning, I've written five so far. So I try to do those early in the morning because I get a little tired by two o'clock after 33 years, to be honest. And I got it. Right. My, my best focus is like, well, really early in the morning till after lunch, two o'clock, I'm the strongest. And then it, it's, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm fighting through it to keep it moving along. So mm -hmm. kind of learn my own weaknesses. Yeah. When you say you touch on all those people, you found through your database that you were doing a series of touches some, yes. I can hear my audience right now. This is an audience question. I can hear somebody say, <laughs> how many times do you touch your people a month? Well, and let's go with your core, not that massive database, because that's insane. But like your top 300 or 400. Okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm not rocket science on my database and everyone's database could be better, but I would say it's probably the most important thing that you could refine and refine and get focused on and have it correctly done. Um, I have a lot of... Uh, I use uh, Contactually for my database, okay. and then I use Constant Contact and MailChimp. I have them all. Okay. Um, but the Contactually is probably the most specific in that I uh, touch. Now, let me go back to the repetitive consistency. Back in 97, Fidelity hired a gentleman named Scott Hohen, no longer with the company, but he Remember basically him. taught us how to do mass emails. Way back then, it was just BCC, yeah. right? That's all it was, BCC, BCC. Yeah. So, from 97 till current, I've done at least a Monday email to my client base every Monday for 24 years. Wow. And I've probably missed it three times in my career. Wow. I don't miss it. Yep. So that just drips on people. And if you provide good information, good content, you get people reading it. For example, I had a, when you had targets in your list there and something coming up. 
And I had a target probably five years ago, just reply to an email and say, hey, Matt, I love your emails. I always read them. Can you call me? Let's do business. Love it. Okay. I mean, I think I called him in 30 seconds from that email. <laughs> um, maybe a minute. <laughs> That's part of me. I just, and uh, so I do business with that gentleman now. So I was a Love that. Very but cool. Consistency, was that your question? Did I answer it? Yeah, you did. That was yeah, it. So contact is my big one. I can do 300 emails a day. So I tend to do, uh, and this is uh, something that's a favorite tool that we offer. I don't know how it works countrywide, but we have an ability to do these really interesting comps and we have the ability to do a very interesting trend report. So those are stat driven things that agents like because then they can take the data and then they can talk about it and use it or however they decide. So I do send those out, they're updated once a month and I do send those to they're called buckets in Contactually. So I have them broken up into groups and those would be my most important people. And they all get dripped on, on a monthly basis on those two products uh, besides other things, but those are definitely going out no matter what, uh, because they like that type of content. Love that. Thank yeah. you for that. Thank you for breaking that down. Love that. That's a nugget for you guys. Hope you write that and down. I have in my Contactually, I probably have 200 pre-written emails that I personally wrote. Yeah. So I'll write them on our tools. It could be on Fidelity Agent, which is, of course, Palm Agent to the group. Yep. Uh, it could be on uh, Total Farm. It could be on Passport. I don't, any part of all those things, I might write a little, you know, two or three paragraph tip, how to use it. And then that's going to be in my templates that I would send out when I need something to send. So. I love how you break it down and teach them, you know, because we cannot, this is a great tip. You know, we can't be the ones that do everything for people. We have to educate them. We have to teach yeah. them and put it in front of them. So that's smart. I like that you do that. Um, yeah. Let me ask you with the inventory being so low, what have been two favorite like tools or topics or nuggets helping agents in their business? I would say, and I touched on one of them just now when I said the comps and the market trend report, yeah. those are things they love because they can take the content and then they can talk about it with clients. So I try to, when I'm talking to a client or I'm talking to a group on a Zoom, let's say teaching them, I try to put them in a place where I can help them take the product and use it. So I'll maybe picture it this way and maybe almost act out what they might use it for. So they can see a way to take the data and then benefit from it and use it with a client. I don't, I don't want them just, I don't want to just hand something and not explain it. Yeah. I think that tends to be what reps tend to do. Like their company gives them tools. I'm not saying everyone does this, but I've heard this from my manager. Oh yeah. I have all these tools that I send out to the group. There's only a couple of them who actually take the time to learn it. Most of the time they're asking the, their manager to teach it. Well, personally, I don't think I've ever had my manager teach one class. Right. If I can be the one to teach it, then I have the respect of the client as opposed to just bringing in someone that's going to teach it for me. Now, granted, there's some subject I wouldn't teach on. Like, I'm not going to go teach on 10 to one exchanges. I know a little bit about them. But besides the fact that I'm not supposed to, I can bring someone in who's specializing. Greg Burns. <laughs> Greg Burns. Exactly. That's who I would call. There's a plug for you, Greg. 626-233-2773. Greg Burns. Yes. <laughs> cell phone, by the way. <laughs> I love it. That's a shout for you. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's, that's my gig. I, I think it's, you brought it up earlier. I think it's really important to be able to teach the products and train on them. Um, and I would say, go right into the, uh, I don't even know what it's called. Is it F and TG connect? Yeah. Yeah. I would go in there and 
which I already do. And I, re, I go in there probably three or four times a year to see if there's anything new. And I look at the videos, mm-hmm. I print a flyer and I just try to understand it yeah. so that it's on my memory bank when I'm discussing things with clients. Someone just taught me something new, Matt. Um, and I can tell you more about it offline, but just give everyone a teaser today. Mm-hmm. You can grab your phone. There's a, something in settings called record and you click record and it actually records yes. your screen and you could do like a yes. 30 second walking through by clicking and swiping. And I thought yes. that was so cool. Yes. Yeah. I have to give credit to Mark Gregorich on that when he taught okay. me that. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Gregorich. So, yeah, he actually showed us how to do that. It's a pretty oh, cool right on. One of my clients in another state showed me and I go, oh my God, that's so good. Yeah, you can, uh, in fact, I'll have it like this, but you can, you can pull down your screen like that. And you yeah. Can do- Missing and you can actually touch it there and then record, correct? And record and then you're teaching. I thought that is so good. So I do use, uh, I do use BombBomb for that too. Right on. People are going to ask. I know I can hear the audience. They're like, do you use BombBomb? Yeah, I do use BombBomb. You know, I thought it used to be too expensive, but it's only 29 bucks a month. So I think it's worth the deal. Um, I had a client email me on or talk to me on Friday. I was in the car. And she said, hey, can you show me how to X, Y, and Z in Total Farm? So I, I said, yeah, I'll do some videos. So I came back here and I did three videos in literally about seven minutes and just emailed her the how-to. And then she had a video on BombBomb of how to do it. So that just- Love it. And then they can go back, yes. you know, um, and, and, and watch it or share it to a colleague or, or whatnot. So it's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned you use bomb bomb, uh, next. So I'm, I know a lot of people in the nation, um, are very curious how people get to the top 2%. So there's people listening right now that are either in the top 10, the top five, and they want to get to the two that's number one. And then there's people listening that are nowhere near the 10, you know, maybe just got here or, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of fell off the wagon, their business is down, but they really want to get in that top 10% event. And I find it so fascinating. In 2018, we had, because the event was in 2019, we had 117 new people at that event wow. that year, which wow. means 117 didn't get the invitation. So can you give a little color, Matt? How do you think you get in there? I think as you... When you're new, you're just running around. You're doing a lot of stuff to get attention from clients. I would say to get attention, you have to bring value. So they're all busy and they don't care about you. They could care less about you. They're busy. They have their title rep. They have their escrow. They, whoever they have, they have them and it's not you. So you have to do something to get their attention. And the only way you generally get their attention is if you do something to save them time, save them money, help them in the process. So bring an idea, bring a tool, right? You have to bring something that they go, oh, I I hadn't thought of that. And suddenly the door is slightly open, the smallest amount, and then you get in. But again, you get in with sincerity, humility, gratitude. You don't come in soup. That's not my style. I don't come in hard. I don't come in hard sell. I come in from a place of value add. How can I help you? And People tend to open up to that. And they, and if they know that you're not a hard sell, they tend to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And if they take that one idea, they might not start giving you all their business, but they will start paying attention to you. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of dripping on them with more value and they're going to come your way. Even if it's half their business, it's a win, right? You guys cannot wonder why I had Matt Gagline in my mastermind <laughs> 
Remember we did our mastermind? Oh yeah. We brought oh, the yeah. elitist in and we did this like mastermind, just sat there and shared ideas. And I just yes. loved listening to you because you're right. You just gave me the chills right now. Literally. It's like, takes me back. It's, it's that whole theory about uh, what differentiates you and, and, you, and I love your realness that you're like, they're, they don't care. You got to do something to stand out. You got to make them go, Hmm. You know, you, and I'm telling you right now, and you guys, I know a lot of people are thinking I'll never win over a Matt Gagelin client. Like, like I've, I've coached my own competitors that said I could never win over your clients, Lisa, but you are giving the sauce right now. When you yep. find you're different. Yep. Creates that edge. It totally does. Yeah. Just bring value and come from a place. And this, this is not, this is, doesn't go along with your coaching with the star style. I, I literally don't ask people for their title business. I don't ask, but I do bring value and I try to help them. Well, let me so, tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. I never yeah. asked for title either. And okay, when I got in this business, all the, a lot of the management around the nation was like, are you coaching them to ask for the business? I go, gosh, you know, it wasn't my style because I brought value first yeah, and I tried yeah. to be different. I, I mean, Matt, you, we speak the same language and right. I, and I, so it was my, it was my it. channel. This is what I did. Right. And so I started to go, listen, you can ask it in a way that really yeah. clicks for you. I do have aggressive sales executives that yeah. go up and go, why did I get your last order? <laughs> Which is my style. Exactly. I know. Right. But then I said, why don't you use it where, you know, I'd love the opportunity to earn your next order. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent agree with you. Yep. That style. I feel you sure. on that. I feel you. I'm glad, I'm glad I got backup, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a, I was at a KW function and I was walking through all these, you know, seeing the clients there. I forget what it was, but this one who is a client came up to me, you know, probably maybe even called me talking to me later. She goes, you know what I noticed about you, Matt? you talk to all those people and you never actually ask for any business. You were just helping them. All you did was help. I said, yeah, that's, yeah. You help enough model. people, right? It's your model. Yeah. It's your business model, it's worked. It's work for you, man. Yes, it's worked for <laughs> it's me. It's working <laughs> for you, let me tell you. So here comes that question is the, uh, what does your average day look like? Guys, get ready to write. Cause I know people are feeling especially you know, pandemic transition, la, la, la. They're feeling a little bit like, I don't know my plan. What's my plan? Matt, let's help. Well, I think my plan starts because I, I'm very structured early in the morning. I think to be successful in any business, your mornings have to be planned out. They have what time you wake up? I get up at four. Whoa. I am like in the realm of my sleep. I know. Today right. it was actually 3.51. Sorry. So, oh. you know. <laughs> I was a little nervous about the talk here. So, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> Got you up nine minutes early. <laughs> so I get up at four. I drink a healthy shake, take my vitamins, do some exercise, sit-ups, push-ups, stuff upstairs on a mat, stretch. I just had knee replacement surgery, by the way, about three and a half wow. months ago. So I'm doing well from that. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And then That's I go scary. to the beach. I live about a mile from the beach. Take my dog. I walk four miles. Part of my structure. I listen to piano. I like listening to like jazz piano, classical piano. Oh. I will think, pray, focus for those four miles. I'm not a like big, I don't listen to podcasts at that point in my life. I just, you know, I like to be relaxed, calm. 
And I come back, I sit with my wife for 15 to 20 minutes. We chat, talk, we pray together. That's something we do. Love and that. then I read after that for about 20 to 30 minutes, usually sitting in a kitchen area or outside and the spring comes because it's beautiful and it's relaxing. And I'm starting my day by eight o'clock to 8.30 with work. And then I'm on a podcast, I'm on a Facebook group that I do scripts with a group and I just listen and help and give feedback to a group that does that. Um, and then at nine o'clock, I go on a podcast that I'm again, just participating. And then after that, I'm writing thank yous, looking at my day, seeing what my follow-up looks like. I do have a structure for my follow-up so that I um, don't forget things. So it's in my book a certain way. I think that might be something we talk about in a minute, so I won't go into detail on that. But I'm, like I said, super strong through two o'clock. That's, I know that's my strength. So I'm really after it for those periods. And then after that, I'm still after it, but I know that I'm a little more, just, I'm just tired. So from three o'clock to six o'clock, it's, I'm pushing myself through. But before that, I'm just rolling, just rolling. I do have a lot of uh, calls that come in and emails. And one thing that you did say, and I don't want to get off track here, uh, is it went back to the, how did you get to the 2%? If you're in the, if you're just beginning, it might be hard, but if you're in the 10% or 5% and you don't have an assistant, I would encourage you to get one. 100%. So an assistant 100%. will allow you to make commitments to those top producers that you just can't make on your own time because too much is coming at you. But if you can make commitments, you know, Un, you know, undercommit and overproduce, obviously the old secret, right? And then fulfill that. Uh, it does make a difference and you can expand your business because you can make more commitments and service them in a way that's good. So I love your I would definitely say hire. I have an amazing assistant. She's incredible. She's been with me 11 years. Yeah, amazing. Her name's Rami. And wow. I highly say that an assistant will make a difference in your business. Huge. Game changer. Like not yeah. even, not no joke. I'm so glad you re-brought that up. That yeah, was I wanted to say that. Clever. So. Yes. Very much so. You did mention book read or reading. What are you reading? Yeah. Matt? What do you feed your brain? I feed my brain. Uh, first of all, I read the Bible. That's what I read. Okay. I always read that first. Um, I tend to read Proverbs because there's 31 of them in there and it's pretty wisdom related. So it's filled with everything from hard work to doing what's right, to taking care of your family, loving your wife, you know, just covered. It covers everything. Right. So I do that. And then I'll read a motivational book of some type. Usually I have been reading something called Positive Intelligence right now. Mm. Um, it's by uh, Shirzad Shamin. He's a professor at Stanford. And it's basically talks about the 10 saboteurs that destroy our lives. I have, we all have them. We all have them. My top mm -hmm. two are hyperactivity and um, what's my second one? I'm blanking on that. Hyperactivity and a pleaser. Those aren't bad things in title. Those are pretty good things in title, right? Because <laughs> that's what we do. But we all have the master, which he talks about, is the judge. And the judge just got gets you in your head and just, you know, tells you all the things why you can't do it or why you did it wrong or all those things. So yeah. he teaches you how to physically, literally physically, catch yourself going into the judge mode. Physically, like, oh, I just did it. And stop it. And then he gives you some habits that helps retrain your brain. So when it raises its head, you can just stop it. Cut it to the core, right? When it starts to get you. So Love look at that. that. It's called Positive Intelligence. Uh, it's a very good book. And I would say 
my all-time favorite in those spaces would probably be the compound effect I by that. Darren Hardy. Yeah, because good one. the basis of that is, you know, you do small things consistently every day and it leads to huge success. Yep. You've got to do them over and over and over, over time. It leads to success. I love that. I love. I would that. say, you know, that's, that's probably what I'm reading right now. Oh, that's good. That's good. Thank you very. I wanted to just throw that in there really quick. Now I want to talk to you about your prospecting, what your strategy is and how you're getting appointments with big mega producers. A lot of people have a lot of anxieties and fears and over thoughts and they talk themselves out of it and going after big producers, their brain says they already got a Matt gig line in their life. They're happy. They're never going to give me the time of day. How do you and that's, guess what? That's your judge. <laughs> your judge. I just told you you can't do it. So you, you, that's that right there, he crushed you because you just told yourself you can't do it. Oh, they work with Matt or oh, whatever, you know, that is, yeah, that's, yeah. you're shut down. So uh, let's say start with something like that where you can battle those fears and just yeah. step through them. That's where you have to start. Mm -hmm. And I would even say joining like your type of coaching where it forces them into conversations. And I'm not just trying to say that to get you more business, but it's true. But thank you. When you're held accountable to- uh, stepping through your fears, yeah. you generally will step through them. When you're not held accountable to that process, you won't step through them. Uh, someone has to kind of kick your butt and make you move forward. There's very few people who don't necessarily need that at some point in their life. Right. So, Love that. so how to get how to get to the top producers? I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to follow them online. It used to be follow them in the local newspapers, but that's old school now. They're not in the newspapers as much as they are online. So you can see their activity. You can see their posts. Uh, I would definitely begin to follow them. I would join uh, Chelsea Pike's social media process because it yes. really does show you how to do that. Yes. And that is kind of the new way to find the business and start to touch those producers. Mm -hmm. uh, you could find them at their open houses, which is hard to do now, right? With the process of what's going on. Yeah. So I think social media is a space to start getting your exposure and start to drip on people. And then it goes back to something like the compound effect where you do it every day, a little bit and don't stop. And over time you you'll see your successes, but get rid that. of the judge. Yeah. Get rid of the judge. Cause he's going to tell you, you can't do it. And then move forward with the small steps over and over and you'll see progress. Love that. Love that. How many, how much time a day are you prospecting in your opinion, like picking up the phone and making calls? I make calls. I try to call um, new prospects or current, or even, you know, my database is really big. So there's a whole space of people that'll fall off the end if I don't pay attention to them. So I try to make calls out to that people that aren't touching me. I'm going to say, I call it at least 20 of them a day. Okay. So I, I try to call them. That's a lot for me because my day has a lot of stuff going on yeah. and everything that's happening and just straight up solving problems alone is a, massive space to try to deal in. Um, I don't know if this is going to come up in what we do, but I, I wanted to say this. It's, I think it's very important as title people that you take the time to learn title. So whether you sit with your operations manager, you go in once a week for a year, I don't care how you do it, but take the time to learn title. So I used to be at a small company that's now part of a larger one, but that manager made us come in. I had to drive 45 minutes and then I'd leave, come home. I get home about nine o'clock at night, every Thursday, didn't like doing it, 
but he taught me title. So he taught me judgments, liens, grantees, LOPs, all that stuff that we, you know, as a title rep, you're just busy trying to do deals. And if you don't pay attention to the tech, you hope that someone else will help you through. It's fine to have other people help you, but it's better to have a basic understanding of those details so you can talk at a high level, know it needs more help, and then bring on a conference call with a manager. Don't just hand them off to the manager, conference call the manager. Because now the client knows that you're involved. They know you care. You're going to learn on the call as your manager gives the answers. And then you close the call. So you lead the call, you close the call, and you interact on the call. You learn. They know you're involved. And they know you care. Love that. You're absolutely so. right. You're absolutely right. It's it's really big and intimidating because there's so much information. I, this yes. is what I say to people in my coaching. I say, there are no dumb questions. When something comes up on a file, I want you to call and be involved, but I want you to ask. If someone says something that sounds Chinese to you, that's yes. your cue to go, I'm sorry, I don't know what a supplement is. I don't know what an addendum is. Right. I don't understand what you're saying. You know, this is how the learning process goes. Right. This is one thing I wish back in the 90s, early 2000s, when I was in this business, is that I knew more about title because my competitors were past title officers. So my competitors knew everything Right. that they right. had an edge, you know, that, that yeah. was a big thing. So I love that you in, incorporated that. Can I go back um, to one thing on one thing we talked yes. about, you know, for the person that's new or the five, the 10, five and two percenters, Yes. something I added and I talked about systems. So I actually have systems also for all my thank yous. So whether it's openings or closings, there's a system for it. Whether it's a prelim review, there's a system for it. I actually pay someone to do that. I would never have all the time to do all those things. So it comes from me, but it's all, I structured it, I set it up, I wrote everything, but then it happens and it just happens because I don't have time to do that. But right. it is a system that works. I love that. I had that system. I had a system too with my yeah. thank yous and all that kind of stuff. And I too paid somebody else because you either have money or time, you don't have both. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Now, when it comes to, uh, oh, here's here's some of those pictures I show, I was telling you about. Um, I'll just show you those. Oh, my God. Remember I was telling you earlier? You have yeah. Lines? Yeah. So I'll write handwritten cards to them. That's my, that's me. I don't have my client, an assistant, write my cards. You it's write my terrible card. handwriting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they can they tell would know you, Matt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You mentioned this earlier, and this is one of my questions to you was about uh, follow-up, you know, your follow-up system and your strategy for following up with people. Because to me, fortune is in the follow-up without that component, 100%. forget about it. hundred percent in the follow-up. So again, I, I try to go back out and remember the people that I've, I've been missing, right? In COVID, it used to be going through offices and it was, oh my gosh, I haven't been in an office for a week, two weeks. They're going to think I'm not around. And then, you know, it's this whole treadmill thing. Right. COVID, to the benefit of a title rep, has made that kind of go away right now because they don't expect to see you. Uh, but you still need to see those people and touch them. So I do touch with a lot of, um, I use hit them up texting. Oh, good. I think that's great. So I do that. If I'm going to teach a class, I'll do it to an office. Group texting app. Uh, yeah, or if I do a Zoom that's even bigger than a, just one one office, I'll I'll text out you know 500, and I'll end up getting 50 to 100 people in a class. But that just is me 
inviting like that, right? Yes. So I'll use that as a follow-up and a touch. Um, and then I do a lot of contactually, which touches them that way too. And then it's just me calling. So those are my, uh, probably my three tops. Love it. Love it. Thanks for the endorsement on how important follow-up is to true. And I, the one more thing on follow-up, sorry to interrupt you. No, um, if I know I'm, I'm dealing with a problem or an issue with a client, and I know that the, the problem is solved, it's solved, like the title issue got solved. I know that escrow or someone called them. I'm still going to call them. So I'm going to make the last call to them to make sure we had a quick conversation, or at least they get a voice fill from yep. me knowing that it was solved. Because now they know that I was involved. And it might be a setting where I was barely involved. It actually solved itself without me. But I'm still going to make the call because yeah. the appearance is that I was involved. I love that. That's So smart. I definitely will make up. that last call. It's follow through. That's really the yes. follow through piece, which I love. Yes. Um, I, I find it fascinating that people, you know, 33 years later in the business are still learning new things, doing Zoom, doing social media, like, you know, to, to getting a coach to do social media stuff. I find it really fascinating. I'm interested. You know, I call you guys my veterans because the reality is you're, you know, been in this game a long time. What do you feel that is something you're learning all these years later? What, what has been something that you utilize in your business that you learned all these years later? Um, I'm looking at, I would say that what I'm learning is I need to always learn. As yeah. soon as I decide that I've, I've made it, I'm there, I'm now not. Because there's a guarantee that it always changes. There's always something new coming into the business. And if all the things that you've been using for the last, in my case, 33 years are the only ones you use, there's new stuff coming. Technology is so running so fast to stay ahead of it, you at least need to be paying attention to it and look around and be aware of those things that pop up and then learn them enough to be able to talk about them and explain them and refer them if you need to. You just can't sit back on their laurels and enjoy success because it will go away. <laughs> Someone always behind you trying to come in and take clients. That's just reality in business. Right? Yeah, I wish it wasn't. Bottom line. Me, I wish it wasn't, but it's just how business works. It is. I tell people your top clients are on someone else's target list. hundred percent. And you wish they weren't. You wish you could just put a wall around them like a, a moat and you could just keep them to yourself, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. That's why we're always earning it. No, always you, always, you can never take a top client for granted and let them. That's so true. Oh my gosh. Over there with no attention. I absolutely appreciate your time being here today. I'm going to close with one strong question. Um, first of all, before I do my last question, how's your grandbaby? Because it's so exciting. You have my your... grandbaby is awesome. Her name is Charlie Rowe. Uh, She's going to be two in May. Can't believe and, your uh, I think you and I shared, but my, my they're going to adopt a child. So our next one will be a little adopted girl or boy. We're not sure, God willing. Next Love maybe it. six months. So that's the next one coming. I'm going to pray so, for you for that. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yep. So thank, thank you for you. asking. Yeah, you bet. So cute. So my wrap up question, and thank you again so much for your words of wisdom and your time with us today. But in business, what do you know for sure? Well, I think I commented on it before just now. I know that it always changes. I wish it didn't, but it is going to change on me. And I have to stay ahead of it and stay on my toes. So as soon as I, as soon as I relax, which granted, sometimes we do. Yeah. Sometimes you pay for it. 
So I know in business that it always changes. I know that when I come from a place in business of gratitude, thankfulness, and generosity within business, the more people I help, I will also benefit from that. So the more that I help and bring assistance to, whether it's direction, advice, business to business referrals, solving their problems and not looking for how can I get your next order with a, you know, I won't do it for you if you don't give me the next order. I don't ever come from a position of, I just come from a position of help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll say, Matt, thank you so much for your work on it. Oh, I say, hey, I'm just your humble servant. That's what I am. I just help you. <laughs> and they go, humble servant? I said, yeah, that's what I am. I just take care of you. So <laughs> that's just how I, just that, how I approach it. That's actually so sweet. I mean, it's so, so true. Thank you for that great advice. And I, I, I have to give you three things I have to say in honor of my mother and my grandmother. Okay. okay. These are sayings that I use all the time in my business. I actually say these to clients all the time. So the two that my mom said, and God bless, they're no longer with us. Hmm. My mom would say, I'm looking down here to make sure I get them all right. My mom would say, Matthew, the cream always rises to the top, right? So the best always goes to the top. It takes a little bit of time, but it does come to the top. So she would say, when you do what's right, you let your yes be yes, your no be no, you're always gonna be at the top. That was like one of her little steps. Love. What I use most from her, though, is she say, Matthew, stir the pot and the meat and potatoes always come to the top. Oh. <laughs> true, though, right? You look yeah. at that big pot of stew and this looks like a bunch of liquid and yep. you get in there and you just have action. You just do something and something comes from it. Love it. So you have to take action in order for the good things to happen. Right. Love that. Lastly, my grandmother, who I lived with for a year before I was entitled. She was 92, 93. And she would say in her wonderful little voice, she would say, Matthew, the most important word in the English language is C-A-R-E. Because people don't care what you know till they know that you care. Mm. So that one is rings true. So true. That yeah. was so good. So there was, those are my endings. I had to give them credit because that's- I love from. it. I love <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. So good. So true. Thank you so much, Matt, for being here today. Congratulations to you on your exponential success. You have set the bar so high in the, not only locally, not only in the state, but nationally. Um, you're just a force to be reckoned with. And we're honored to have you today on the podcast. Thank you, so thanks for being here. I really appreciate you having me on. All the best to you, okay? Thank Bye-bye. You.